Yeah, like, uh, guess multiple uses for that thing. You can do a lot with vaginas. Apparently. <laughs> I definitely won't be repurposing those words for any point during the From Rugged Rocket, it's Thatch Hatchet. Cast Iron Brains, a podcast at the very center of the observable universe, the very middle point of everything that can be seen in any direction, out to a distance of some 46.5 billion light years. Is this a metaphor for something? I don't know, but it's true. Here we are. My name is Bob, sitting across the way from my good friend and co-host that's abe how you doing tonight abe doing well bob yeah here we are Lori's here too how you doing Lori? yep good tonight is tuesday june the 1st 2021 finally made it out of april <laughs> <laughs> and right into june it did uh this kind of sneak up this month of june May was fast. We, of course, needed to delay uh, the recording of the podcast one day. Out of respect. Out of respect for the troops. Or the, is mm-hmm. the, the past. It's not the troops. It's the, the dead, dead ones. The you dead don't troops. Help. That don't Memorial even know we did Day it. and Veterans Day are almost mixed up every now and again. I can read you. Hold on. I have to find it. An amazing Facebook status. So this was one of those that's like shared like he did not his words right but it says this weekend is not for us vets don't thank us this weekend is for our brothers and sisters who didn't come home thank them all caps <laughs> i can't thank them they're dead <laughs> there is uh there's something really annoying about people who get sanctimonious in any direction yeah about a day like memorial day whether it's that sort of an example or if it's like some fucking 22-year-old at-heart person who wants to take this moment to go on, like, a peacenik, anti-war, anti-imperialist rant on, on Twitter or on Tumblr or something. The idea that someone's—this guy is implying that he's been walking around with people just thanking just him left and right. constantly being thanked. Right. Stop thanking me! <laughs> Thank the dead ones! And I, you know, I have some of those same— annoying sanctimonious takes you do but i don't like unleash them on memorial day that's not the time for that you jackass <laughs> also this is a, a good example of that but a lot of times people get really pissed at people who make mistakes when they otherwise mean well like no one is doing this to be a dick to the extent right. that they like, fuck it up kamala harris's uh, vp account tweeted out a picture of her and it said something like Enjoy the long weekend and the entire right-wing media ecosystem. It's not for enjoying. Got a three-day-long boner because they were able to dump on her uh, for the extended holiday break. Uh, thankfully, I missed that. Uh, they oh, actually yeah? tried to make a big thing of it. Like, how dare you? You should be. Of course they did. <laughs> it was it was put up by some people side by side with Trump's Memorial Day post where he went on an extended, very Trumpy rant about how you should watch 
as you fill up, as you gas up your cars this weekend to go drive around, watch the dollars just tick up, up, and up, and remember how thankful you were when I was your president? <laughs> what did he say when he was president on Memorial Day? I don't know. It's probably something like Happy Mem- Memorial Day, even to all the haters and losers. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> That's how he did Christmas. He oh. used that plenty of times before. Cinco de Mayo was similar. Like, I'm eating right. this Mexican food at my restaurant. You have a good holiday weekend, extra day off? I did. I did. Actually, I took an extra day off. I need to start burning days off, and I just don't have enough uh, yes. vacation opportunities, so I'm just burning them off during at random days. So I had Friday through Monday off. Um, oh, wow. You know, again, not to toot my own horn, but I remember a long time ago that whole Memorial Day thing was, and I was like, you know, there's a lot of indicators that you could point to to say that it's is still not yet over, right? So I, I, I was looking in my personal life, and I realized this past weekend was the very first weekend since the pandemic started that I can leave my home without a mask. There is not one place that I go to, not my grocery store, not AMC, which was one of the last holdouts, not my gym, uh, and not my Fulton County Library, which has opened fully, Oh, that's how you know. It's over, guys. That's right. So basically, all of the places the that I go to... library doesn't yeah. require masks anymore. Yeah. So in my myopic world, it's just, this is over. Right. We're and still we're, requiring them in the salon. Okay. Yeah, we're, getting down, we're getting down to like, I think the seven-day rolling average is in the neighborhood of like 20,000 new cases or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's around there, yeah. And uh, Fauci said that... He would. Uh, this was months ago, so he's no doubt changed this like 57 times since then. But one of the numbers that stuck in my head was that he said once we get down to 10,000 or fewer on the rolling average of new cases every day, then the pandemic will effectively be over. So we're not quite there by his metric, or at least his metric as it was stated once three months ago. <laughs> but yeah, it's looking good. I mean... In excess of most states, barring the southeast down there, something like approaching 60% or higher of eligible adults are vaccinated. I think the southeast is generally struggling to get to the 30% number. Yeah, and I think overall we're not likely to hit the 70% that the president wants, right, at this pace. It seems like we're going to be a few weeks short or whatever. Yeah, but it's it's certainly starting to feel over my prediction about the cdc guidelines changing uh for the camp stuff came through this week that's right this past week so any basically they've said that the camps don't have to do the thing that they said that they were going to have to do a month ago in terms of social distance and right. masking and all of that right and yeah, like we're still in a situation where we're i'm still wearing a mask when i go to the grocery store or i go to costco or whatever just because charlottesville's weird it's not even that it's charlottesville's weird it's like if you have young children at home who are yeah. not eligible for the vaccine, then it doesn't make any. It doesn't make sense for me to require them because they have to wear their mask when they go out, and so it doesn't make any they sense don't. for me. They they're do. Under, they're, they're under ten. They're supposed to wear their mask when they go places because they're under. They're unvaccinated, right? So they're they're in that group of people. Right. They're unvaccinated. They're unprotected technically, and like, and certainly as long as this school thing goes on, we still have two more weeks of, of school at home with the, the kids down the street coming and staying in our house for a few hours every day. We'll keep wearing right. the mask. I don't know what it will look like for the rest of the summer. And who knows when the when the recommendations change for younger kids getting the vaccine. But 
But yeah, it certainly feels like it's, I, I would give you a, you know, I wouldn't ding you on the, on the Washington Post fact checker website or whatever. <laughs> if that, that meter. Abe nailed it is what you're saying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know which uh, meter truth thing I like the most, the pants on fire one or the one where they're like mostly true or mostly false. Like, come on, pick a side, asshole. Don't mostly right. nothing. Just get to the point. Speaking of the grocery store, this is uh, absolute nonsense here at the very top of the show, which is what you want when you're really trying to hook an audience. That's right. <laughs> the chances that I'm going to buy a Snickers bar or a Kit Kat bar in their like regular wrapping is basically none. Like outside of Halloween, I'm not I'm not gonna buy a Snickers or a Milky Way we or a Reese's about candy exactly bar. Exactly this at work the other day. I'm so excited. It's just not gonna happen. I'm not gonna buy a I'm not gonna buy a fucking Kit Kat, no matter what, under any circumstances. If I'm walking through the grocery store and there's a Kit Kat there, but right? have you had a Kit Kat? I've had a million Kit Kats. Okay, right. so you no longer need to see what a Kit Kat tastes like. Exactly. I think Lori knows what I'm getting at here. Yeah, because I'm smart and I talk to people all day. Are you Are you saying this because? Because I always, you know, they 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 place those things, you know, to tempt people, right? Like just uh, while they're waiting or, uh, in line or they're doing the self checkout. You're talking about regular candy, Abe. They yeah, place like, regular candy. Yeah, like a Kit Kat or whatever Reese's or. Yes, because no one goes to the store to buy a Kit Kat. Right. Unless but, it's like Halloween. Right. But, yeah, but you don't buy a Kit Kat for Halloween. You buy many Kit Kats right, for but Halloween. They, but they place individual sized candy. Yeah, because you're hungry and you're like, oh, that looks good. Also, right. your children want it, so you buy it for your children. Right. It's basically but what Bob is talking about is the non-regular candies. Right. What is the non like Ore The Oreos do it too. Uh, Oreos does it all the time. So the chances that I'm just walking through the grocery store and I'm like, you know what we need in our house is a fucking pile of Kit Kats or even one individual Kit Kat. Chances are there are there it's just none chance that I'm going to buy a Kit Kat on the way out of the grocery store. However, and this is this is where they get you. This is the the evil marketing geniuses over at the Mars company or 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 Hershey's or what have you. All of these newfangled flavors. New flavors, like Oreos. They like they do candy mashups where it's like okay. uh, Kit Kats with mint and dark chocolate and coffee. It's like, ooh. You're paying to try it. You're not paying to eat it. You're paying to try it. Right. They're, and they're, that's what's nuts is that I love a nice Kit Kat, right? The Kit Kat is a delicious candy treat. But you are familiar treat, with that. But I don't buy candy for myself. That's not the sort of person that I am. For what, like I'm a gross fat dude uh, with various addiction. Let's not call them problems. Uh, but I'm not going to buy a candy bar on the way out of the store. But for some reason, I will buy the brand new limited time fucking weird peanut butter brownie Snickers that they've to introduced. To see what it tastes like. Just because, like, ah, oh, Lori will like that. She'll try it. I, I will eat any candy. But, like, I haven't tried that. And if if it was more expensive and you got less, I'd still do it because I'm paying to try it. Right. I'm not paying to eat it. Are any of these new concoctions any good or noteworthy? Or they're just, yes. oh, it's like yeah, the dark chocolate and mint Kit Kat was delicious. The Oreos that they did a while ago that were cookie dough. Oh. Okay, so they they so are good. making them better. 
Well, they, they, but they're limited edition. They're fucking, yeah. It's no, just, shut it's, up. They're it's, delicious. It's just rare and unusual. And you're like, ooh, I should try that. That that sounds they're new. They're doing but, it with but, sodas, but, too. The, the latest in the science tech, science and technology yeah. geniuses over at Nabisco going to pump out this month. What else do we have month. going on? You might as well try candy. They, they put... They put thought into it. You always see, whenever they do their stories, there's always these scientists at some lab. Oh, we're going to get enough salt and enough sugar. Yeah, that's what they're doing. Get these fuckers. Now, are they introducing these things in off-season time, or do they try this yes, out during the Halloween, the, the rush to the... No, no it's just... No, it's, it's like, not at Halloween. It's like every quarter. Because there's a at new... Halloween, you want the familiar favorite. The familiar things, yeah. You don't want to go trick-or-treating and get some weird flavor. Right. You don't want to no. And it was confusing the kid. They're like, "What the fuck that. is this?" Yeah, it's like no. no. You Halloween get to the checkout line. It's like, "Whoa, a Reese's with white chocolate and pretzel and mocha." <laughs> that was really good. But mocha, Ooh. why are you putting coffee in everything? You need that extra kick there. You've been walking around the fucking grocery store for an hour, dragging your kids by their mask around the produce section, and you get to the end, it's like, "Ooh, coffee in my Kit Kat." I think I will. <laughs> anyway. What else we got going on? Do you, uh, this is me reading things quickly, and I just kind of form my own idea of what the story is without reading it. Over the weekend, there was a story about Trump, uh, and basically, it was the quick read that I saw was Trump plans to be reinstated in August or something, right? And in my head, I was thinking, oh, he must have inside information about getting reinstated on social media. Right, and I just <laughs> stopped reading the rest <laughs> of it. Just ignored it, and just right. ignored it. And then I circled back uh, the next day, and they were talking about being reinstated to the office of president. Right, which, to be clear, is there's no such thing as being reinstated <laughs> as president. That's not a. There's no clause in there's section two, verse three. <laughs> that's right. So th- that's why I felt. I was like, maybe I was in the, my brain autocorrected. They're like, there's no way that I didn't even consider yeah. that that to be a possibility. So I was like, obviously they're talking about because he's been banned from social media, reinstated. That makes sense. That must be the story. Not this absolutely bonkers like, let's do a Myanmar style thing. Right. And get That's reinstated. Michael Flynn, former general Mike Flynn, being asked a question at some Q forum this weekend by some lunatic in the audience. Who wants to know if we can do a a mini Mar style, as he as he put it? We want Minimar. to do the, the Minimar style coup here in the United States. And Flynn was like, "Yeah, that sounds about right. We should do that here." What the fuck is wrong with these people? I don't. <laughs> he starts going on about how martial law. You're so worried about martial law. We 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 institute martial law in this country all the time. What's the big deal? Like I always say. For many, many years ago, it doesn't always apply, but sometimes it does. I always think of it as these idiotic kind of circles of people who come up with these ideas. It kind of reminds me of this like weird improv group, you know, when they always yes and and they never talk mm-hmm. down anything. So like somebody says, mini Marku, you can't say, are you out of your fucking mind? So you have to say yes and to that. Because you have to just be open to any dumb idea that comes in and it just kind of got, gets carried away. And here we are. Nobody ever What's weird is that I actually idea. I actually believe that Donald Trump believes that he might wake up one day in August and just be the president again. Right. Like it, it 
Like, I think that that's actually a thought in his brain that he thinks could materialize in the real world. It, he doesn't have any idea how. He right. doesn't have any, there's no plan. But, like, in his head, he's like, yeah, I could, you know, I could see it. We'd go back up to D.C. mid-August or so and take back over. Yeah, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast or at all, but is, is it the secret or what is that, that positive thinking nonsense? Yeah, you know? the secret. Yeah. He's positive gotta, visualization. He's got to be one of those people, right? It's like, I just think. I don't think. Yeah, yes, but he doesn't know he is. He does, actually, because he was raised, I mean, to the extent that he was raised in any sort of religious framework. I forget the exact situation, but uh, the, that guy, Dr. Norman Vincent Peale, who's a minister of some sort, uh, who wrote the book, The Power of Positive Thinking in the 50s, this was a big deal. This uh, here, Here's a quote. I still remember his sermons. Trump told the Iowa Family Leadership Summit in July. This is from 2015. You could listen to him all day long. And when you left the church, you were disappointed it was over. He was the greatest guy. He's talking about the guy who basically says that you can affect the material world around you by uh, just believing in yourself. The the power of positive thinking. That whole Oprah movement about the, the secret from the late 90s. Yeah, that shit. Yeah, because he always says things with confidence even though it's like you know that's not going to happen but it's like oh no no this is going to happen and so he must be into that aspirational it's worked at literally every step of his life along the way so maybe you should give it a try let's see we got the french open going on i hesitate to delve into the naomi osaka thing because it just begs for hot takes like it's just i don't know how you can even talk about the subject without eventually coming down on one side of a hot take or another. But basically, Naomi Osaka is the greatest or second greatest current women's tennis player in the world. It's either her or Serena Williams. At this point in Serena's life, it's almost certainly uh, Ms. Osaka is the superior athlete. But she said uh, ahead of the French Open, which started just a couple of days ago, she said that she would not be doing any of the associated uh, media or press uh, before or after her matches and that she would just uh, pay the fine and ignore the media for the duration of her stay at Roland Garros, which is what the, the French Open is. And the French Open responded by fining her and saying, uh, we might have to give you the boot if you don't do the media. And they convinced the other major tournaments, Wimbledon, the U.S. Open, the Australian, to offer similar threats to her ability to compete in the future if she doesn't do the press, because that's just part of the deal. And so she just withdrew from the tournament rather than having to endure the, what would have been... Why doesn't she want to talk to the press? She said it's because of her mental health that she's uh, gone through bouts of depression over the last few years. That's probably why then. Ironically, in part, like, not that you or I or anyone else, this is what I mean, that we're going to delve directly into the hot take zone, but <laughs> Osaka came to prominence, or at least uh, sort of wider pop cultural prominence, rather than just, because she's always, she's always been the next big thing in women's tennis for the last few years, right. uh, going back to, like, I think I've probably first heard her name in, like, 2014 or something like that, and she's very young. But she ends up beating Serena in 2018, and that was the U.S. Open where Serena had, I don't know how you describe it except to call it a meltdown, when she got into this giant fight with the chair umpire. That's right. Who who docked her. First, he warned her and docked her a point for receiving coaching 
and she started screaming at him about how that's not cool. And then the chair umpire docked her a full game because she tallied up so many warnings about her behavior, and then she, like, smashed a racket, so she had to forfeit a game. And ultimately, Osaka wins, and then the the awful theatrical end to it is Osaka and Serena Williams both standing on the podium, like, you know, having to receive the trophy at the end, which Osaka ends up winning the the match, and they're both, like, just openly weeping during the whole thing. Because the audience so like, uh, is decidedly in defense of Serena's complaints, you know, so they're, like, booing the outcome, they're booing just the whole ceremony at the end where one person gets, like, a dinner plate and the other person gets the actual thing. Like, right, that- where Osaka's, in the moment of absolute, the crowning moment of her entire life up to this point, this is somebody who idolized Serena Williams, who had dreamt for years about getting to defeat or at least compete against and maybe in her wildest dreams defeat her idol serena williams does it and has it just absolutely ruined for her so like if i'm doing armchair psychologizing here i'm looking at that as a primary mover in her becoming uncomfortable in the public eye and not wanting to deal with the media because of that nightmare and what that was. But that was, what, and three years ago, right? That, not, yeah, that was the U.S. Open in 2018. I remember that. And last week I said that basketball is the worst sport, <laughs> and I agree with myself, but tennis has to be the worst, like... Individual league. sport, kind of? Not, no, oh. not like as a sport... Although I don't like it, but that's a different... But, like, the fans are snobby and rich assholes, and exclusively that. Like, you never see a stadium I'm not a snobby, rich asshole, and I love tennis. Have you ever been to a tennis match? Actually, I have. Oh. Then you are. Snooty snoot, Bob. It was free. But, like... For you to want to do friends. Like... This shit happens all the time. Right. It's just the it's the worst run. I don't know what it is because it's not a league, but it just sucks. And the fans just root for more tennis. They are disloyal. <laughs> they yeah, just fans just want to see great tennis most of the time. They don't particularly or necessarily have a dog in the fight. Although in that in the case of that match, they were obviously behind Serena. Right. But only because they knew her. Right. Yeah. And she's also good at this whole tennis thing. Of course, they're all very good. Right. Sure. <laughs> it's, it's nothing to do with it. But, but you know, the, the current, you know, my, my experience of it was basically just like, it seems like it kind of escalated very, it's kind of like that anchorman, you know, well, that ex- escalated quickly. Because it right. started with Osaka saying, uh, due to whatever, I'm just not going to participate in, I'll still participate in the tournament, but I won't participate in the press conference that comes with the tournament, blah, 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 you know, everything's cool. Then... Not only does the the French Open, everybody basically, like within a day, comes up with like a joint statement saying, no, fuck that. Like, we've got a lot of money tied up to these inane press conferences. I don't, I don't personally don't understand what people have uh, or what see, see what value they see in those things. Like, even in baseball, they'll do like, let's talk to this manager in the fucking middle of the game for some reason. But for right. some reason, people are interested in it and there's money involved with it. So you can't just let people not take part in it. Right. And and by the way, the brands who came to her defense, the, I read a couple of articles with like Nike and whatever watch company she is hawking and and the various apparel lines. 
all coming to her defense, all saying we prioritize her mental health and uh, we're, we've got her back 100%. Yeah, this time you do. But if she decided she wasn't ever going to step into the television spotlight again, right. that would be the end of your uh, relationship with Miss Osaka one way or another. You're not, you're not paying her. You're not making her the richest female athlete in the world year after year since 2018 because – what? Because she won't talk to the media? Right. No, of course not. You want her to win championships and you want her to uh, be on camera wearing your products. But they also don't want this to, I guess, set, set a, pre a precedence. I was wondering, like, they must have thought we're going to call her. I don't know what was going on. It looks like there was some sort of gamesmanship where they're, they're like, we're going to call your bluff and, and threaten not only, not only fine you, but threaten disqualification if you continue. And then she just said, fuck it, I'll just just won't participate. And now they're, they're, right. everybody's backtracking. They're like, oh, you were serious. You were actually serious in the statement that you made because all of this kind of came out of nowhere. You know, like, oh, I'm just not going to do this. And so right. what it you puts you in mind, it puts you in mind of like Marshawn Lynch. I'm, I'm just here, here so I don't get fined, right. that kind of thing. Right. Which, by the way, he came out the other side of that looking great. People right. love Marshawn Lynch. Right. I love Marshawn Lynch, right? But I don't right? think she has the personality to, to pull that off. That sounds pretty racist no, of you, actually, Abe. Racist. They're both black. How dare you? <laughs> uh, that's how absurd. The, I, and I could play a clip from this weekend from NPR talking about how this is all just a reflection of how racist our society Osaka is. Osaka is her name? She's Naomi African. Osaka. She's like half Haitian, half Jamaican. I mean, her okay. Japanese, okay. Okay. Japanese, rather. She, her father I was is Haitian. An her, Asian girl. her mother is Japanese. Oh. And she was born in Japan, but moved to the United States somewhere in California when she was two or three years old. So do you, do you, now that all of this has happened, do you think that they'll come up with some sort of like flexible mental health and leave kind of allowance where the, the you know, in, in... No, somebody needs to talk to her and say, you can just go out there and pretend. Like, not everything has to be your fully authentic Instagram-branded self all the time, where you, like, take seriously what these asshole reporters are asking you the same question phrased slightly different ways so that each one of them can get the lead for their article that they've already fucking written, by the way. Right. And they just want to... Like, sure, her point is valid. The sports media landscape fucking sucks ass, just like the rest of the media landscape does. But that's part of the fucking deal. Right. Like, and I know it sucks, but the rest of us pretend that it's okay like, like right. and everybody else along the way pretends that it's okay for the I most part i have to part. talk to my clients all day but you know right uh, and and i and i hate to do the uh the stupid like oh you make millions of dollars and you can't show up and answer a couple questions after you you just played a game for two hours like it like fuck that like it's obviously a very hard thing and it's harder for some people than it is for others but at the same time it's just part of the deal right and the deal is you exchange this small portion of your private life, and it's not that's, that's the thing that drives me nuts. You just pretend, right? It you don't have to be authentic, it doesn't have to be the real you, it doesn't have to cost you anything in terms of actual labor, right? It's all just it can all just be an act and just do that. And, and she, there isn't a scenario to where she's like, okay, I make you know, I'm just making these numbers up, I make 30 million dollars a year, and of that. You know, eighty thousand dollars. I get compensated for doing these stupid press conferences. Just skim that off my top and leave me alone. Like they won't allow that to happen, right? To just say like, I don't get paid enough to deal with the press because 
the majority of her money is not coming because she sits around talking to people afterwards, right? It's because of right. how she plays and then all the sponsorships that she has around it. So it makes a very small, it's like, it's a very small part of her compensation that she could just do away with. But I suspect that they won't let athletes do that because it will, the whole thing will collapse. And so I don't know what you're left with is, I guess, if you don't want to speak to them, you just take the whole tournament off. Like, is that, because this is not as big yeah, of an issue. Know. But that's the thing. That's the thing. Like, it doesn't. I. They're, they're not going to fine her if she shows up and just answers the questions with three word answers and is like surly and doesn't want to be there, or is just polite as shit, right. and just has nothing to really offer. Right? She's just happy and pretending that she's happy to be there, and then she does her ten minute press conference. She fulfills her obligations and she's off. Like, right. what is the like? I just. They're not going to fine her after that, right. especially at this point. So I just. I don't know. I. It's a little bit. I'm of two minds uh, thing again. Because it's kind of like when my youngest brother was trying to decide whether or not to go to high school. As opposed to what? The labor force? As opposed to uh, like homeschooling. Oh, okay. No, it was high school. Are you sure? Yeah. It was, is he going to go to high school or is he going to do homeschooling and then eventually enroll in this weird like once a week program where you go and you only see your classmates once a week and it's in like Delaware or some weird shit. I don't know. Okay. Cause on the one hand, high school fucking sucks ass, right? It like, can. like yeah. you to, I used to have to get up at like six in the morning and, and drive across town and be at my desk by eight o'clock in the morning and seven twenty for me. Right. I don't even remember when it started because I was a, by the time I remember anything. I was driving in to get there an hour early to work on the newspaper because I was just the worst sort of nerd that you can possibly imagine. <laughs> but, like, high school fucking sucks. Like, you have to take tests and stuff, and there are people that you don't want to see, and you have to, it, it, like, it's hard work, and some teachers are awful, and there's a million awful kids there. But at the same time, I was like, the fuck are you talking about? Go to fucking high school. When it's he what was, we all have to do. Right. It sucks, but that's just like, that's the game, right? When he was going, he went to a middle school to like check it out. Because that's what, what I remember is he like went to investigate the middle school. Oh, wow. And I said, are you going to go? And he said, I don't think so. It was long and boring. And I was like, well, life is long and right. boring. Better get used to that now. Or maybe life shouldn't be long and boring. Like, of two minds is exactly right. Like, why is high school so but, terrible? But the, why is it so long and boring? I mean, it's not like there's gonna there's no option on the table where he wouldn't be studying at all, right? It's either in a home setting or in a public school or private school setting, right? So you still have right. To- but my point, my point was that like part of being in the world is just dealing with the fact that we have a lot of systems that are not particularly well designed. And that aren't really meant to serve the individual in a way that prioritizes individual growth and care, right? Yeah. And that's what, and that's what, that's how it relates to the Osaka thing for right. me, which is like, she's right. It sucks. But sometimes you just have to fucking fake it because that's the fucking world that we live in. And it, and it's not good. But the, the sooner that you realize that the world is not going, to rearrange itself for your personal benefit, whether you're a 13-year-old trying to decide whether or not to go to high school or you're worth $150 million because you know how to whack a tennis ball hard across a, across a court, 
the better off you're going to be in terms of your own personal fucking mental health right. in the long run. I, right? I, I will say the, the urge that some people have to assume that someone is faking it, I never really got because, like, sure, no matter what it is, whatever scenario it is, there's someone that's faking it, right? You know, if somebody calls in sick, they may be faking it. If somebody has, says they're depressed, maybe they're faking it. But, like, what advantage is there in assuming that? Like, I would just always just kind of defer to what they're saying. If somebody says that they are going through something, it is... Especially because that's not an easy thing to admit. Right, right. But people always just assume it's some sort of, like, slip well, and fall scheme. I would... S- sidebar, it is an increasingly easy thing and, an, in fact an encouraged thing to admit. It's the weird thing with the way that the sociology or the the mass psychology of this works is that something goes from being, uh, you can't talk about that, so you keep it to yourself and you live and you die with your own fucking problems, to being people are held up on a pedestal for being oh so brave and courageous as to talk about something as verboten as one's own personal mental health. Like it's this weird, there's this weird dichotomy where she will be, she's not going to be punished for this in the circles from which she comes, right? right? She will be elevated for but, it. But I think you're, you are right where people are elevated in, in some respects, but it's usually like almost like in a retrospect, like I was going through some shit and I'm being now yeah. forthcoming. Of do- but if you're doing it in the moment, like get the fuck out of here. We all have to answer questions and do- like get in line. You're no better than – like there seems to be this get the fuck out of here thing. If she said like – if, if let's say she did the whole French thing and nothing happened, she won it or a finalist or whatever, but then she pointed back to the 2018 thing because this is the first I've heard of her going through a depressive state as a result of that whole shenanigans. People would be applauding her and I'm sure it would be some ribbon that somebody would wear and doing the whole thing. And so people do get a lot of talking up when they talk about things that they've been through in the recent past or in the past. But if, you, if you're doing it in the moment, like the first day before things kind of escalated, there was a 50-50, you know, the, the replies were basically like, oh, come on. All you're doing is just answering some questions. Right, right, no, for sure. And it's, it is also purely culture war, too. Like, I'm sure that that asshole Clay Travis, who, <laughs> by the way, is taking over for Rush Limbaugh. That's like, like what? Just, just like... Just like all the people try to take over for Howard Stern, it's not going to happen. But you know, they're, they're going to try. Well, he's getting the, he's getting the time Him slot. Him and uh, right? Sexton, who the hell is this other guy? I, I never heard. I of have him. no idea. Yeah. They're not going to go anywhere. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sure that the Clay Travises of the world, and I do not know, so maybe I'm completely wrong here. But I'm sure that the Clay oh, Travises yeah. of the world are talking about what a little uh, precious snowflake Naomi Osaka is, and all of that, and and absolutely dumping on her. Much in the same way that I think it's super easy to fucking do because, yeah, it seems like you should just do the thing. Um, part, by the way, uh, sidebar, part of the appeal of a Clay Travis is that you never have to think about what his opinion will be. You know exactly what, what right. position he'll take on any given issue. Yeah. I swear Clay Travis is a country singer and not whatever you're saying. <laughs> That's a country singer name. There is some something Travis. Clay Travis. I don't know. So, do you have a hot take here? Do you have no? What, I, what do you I, think is the I, is, I, is there a best? What is the middle road here, Abe? What is the what is the best answer? I think maybe if they 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 need to be a little more responsive because I don't think this is going to happen a lot, right? So, if this was a recurring problem, maybe you need to come up with a more concrete plan going forward. But if it's like a one-off, be a little flexible. If she just was going through it during this tournament. And she, you know, she just 
performed and then she didn't do the press conferences. At the next tournament, she goes back, everything is fine, and just resumes doing whatever. It'd be no problem. So sometimes it's good to be flexible. They kind of overreacted. They're like, oh, my God, if we let her slide, everyone will take advantage of it. People always think that. Sometimes it could be a one-off. Be a little flexible. And good luck. Good luck ever – like you've only made this worse for yourself for the rest of your career, right? Like this yeah. now, this is the central fucking question that everybody's going to want to know about right. uh, moving forward, right? Now the tennis is entirely secondary, right? And but these for people what it's all worth, have PR managers, right? Yeah, and I so, know, like that person said, this is the best case scenario. And that, but that's the thing is like you've got a whole team of people, no doubt, who are going to be working on her narrative for the next decade. And the fact is the sports media is overwhelmed. Like I know that there's a lot out there right now about how negative the sports media is, especially to black and brown people and especially to black and brown women and all of that. But the fact is there's, this is an entire media industrial complex that is devoted to elevating these people largely, right? right? So yes, does it suck that the ten, there's 10% of the media out there who wants to treat you badly or, or wants to tear you down when all you're doing is trying to do your job? Yes, obviously that sucks. But there's this whole entire thing out there that, who's entirely devoted to your personal hagiography. And I don't like, and to, to deny that and to pretend like most of it is actually harmful to you and not even to pretend like that's the thing. Now here I am talking in a way that I don't actually mean, but it's just whatever. It doesn't matter. Are you following this? We briefly mentioned it a couple of times in the last couple of weeks, I think. But the the lab leak discourse. Yeah, I think we did. Maybe it was on the last episode, but uh, we. No, you talked about it when I wasn't there. Okay. Basically, our discussion, or at least the, my part of it, was people use information just for political ends and not whether or not that that actual bit of information is true or not. So like when this issue was first presented last year, it was solely used to be a deflection of Trump, right? It's not his fault. It's right. And, and by the way, the reframing of – and this is – so the, the centrist slash like the Iglesias types, yeah. the sort of liberal centrist – the contrarian take at the moment of, of which uh, Iglesias is sort of the perfect example or the the, encaps- the personification of it, where he's he's helping to reframe Tom Cotton's take from a year ago to simply be a just asking questions and maybe it was an accident. But when Cotton was talking about this, Cotton was pretty clearly – and yeah, it was slightly dog whistled. So maybe you can't say it was pretty clear. But I think to anybody who was actually listening to what Tom Cotton was saying, he was talking about China unleashing this on the world as a weapon, right. not as not as an accident, right. but that they were developing this as a weapon. And maybe it accidentally leaked out, or maybe maybe not. We don't know. We just ha- we that's what we have to figure out. And it, so it wasn't just deflection by Trump people. It was also like actively playing up the angle that China is is doing this on purpose. And to play that down now yeah. does a, a weird PR move for Tom Cotton and rehabilitates the the garbage that he was actually saying a year ago, and I don't know why. Right, and, you know, Tom Cotton says dumb things all the time, so, you know, whatever. The- I, said to, I said to my friend the other day, the old saying of a uh, broken clock is white right twice a day. Yeah. Like, yeah. But the thing is, the, the, it's like two problems. One is 
people just saying shit just so they can deflect blame and just use it for political gain only. They don't actually care about what happened, uh, just as long as they're not getting the, the blame. But also on the other side, where people reflexively dismiss something just because someone on the other side raised it, right? So, right, it was it was absolutely mishandled by the media, right? It was treated as a conspiracy theory. It was given all of the pants on fire ratings at all of the different fact checking websites, and there were declarative statements. You know, th- this is not true. Like there's not there's no basis. To, it's like you don't know that. I mean. You can say that it's kind of an outlandish claim to make without any, you know, uh, supporting evidence because early on they were just kind of asking questions, as you say. Uh, there wasn't any hard evidence. Right, but so, so, and but so too is it an outlandish claim to say it was because somebody ate a bat from a wet market, right? right? When there's no actual evidence of that, right? But usually with these, uh, you know, I'm not one of these scientists, right? But anytime there's some sort of virus or disease is like how did the ball get in play right like was it some sort of animal to animal thing or whatever or bat or this or that what was that pangolin what was that pangolin yeah, yeah the yes. pangolin that that thing it could be that or it could be the lab leak thing which seems to be like if it is true it is the inadvertent leak like nobody intended cuz there are still people who are holding on to the theory that Hey, look at how China's doing. Their GDP is doing fine. Other countries are hurting. Inflation, this. So they deliberately did it, and that seems to be like of all of the choices, the least likeliest, right? Right. Like they like they gave themselves a fever that they knew they could get over, right. so that the rest of the world could get the flu. Right. Uh, which that, that, you're which asking is absurd. for a lot. Yeah. Oh, well, let's not make any declaration. <laughs> There's no right. evidence sure. to support that yet. Uh, but I still think the most likely thing is just like a natural thing. I don't think it was – I think this lab thing, yeah, look into it, do whatever. But that's not like the the favorite scenario now all of a sudden. They're just like looking into it. I think that it, it is becoming increasingly the favorite. I think that even Fauci said something this weekend about how it's – trending more like and Gottlieb Gottlieb came right out and said that he thinks that it's probably lab leak and that more of the evidence supports that than animal transmission or zoonotic transmission that's the part I don't get you know I'm not those people you know that they're a lot smarter than I am on this field in this field but there's no new information like what more do we know that we didn't know a year ago I mean uh there are so there there are a couple of things uh, some of them circumstantial and some of them like actually genetic, but I don't have a handle on them enough to fully understand them, so I can't. Okay. I won't so even attempt to some answer additional those questions. Information that leads them to think that it is now more likely than it was a right. year ago, and, and also the fact that tens of thousands of animals have been tested in and around uh, Wuhan and in wider China, and they've found no evidence whatsoever of zoonotic transmission so the the more animals that you test the less likely it becomes that it jumped over from nature that's what it is okay that's why it's becoming more likely because it's becoming like they would have found it by now like they did with bird flu and swine flu right and the fact that china has been as usual completely opaque in dealing with investigators from the who and other international organizations that are trying to sort this out. Whatever. All of that is sort of beside the point because what is interesting is the extent to which this proves that the cake is baked when it comes to the media, that 
that we're just so thoroughly fucked uh, but is this a, when it comes it, to... Is this a media problem? Because, again, I go back to this. This is a an opportunity. You can do your egg on whomever's face for like a day, like a one news cycle of just saying you, you dismissed it prematurely, blah, 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 you're wrong. But then you have an opportunity to where both sides can agree on something. Let's have... Let's look into this, and if it's true, whatever comes of it, then we can take some course of action, right, as a united front. But there is no interest in that. The only interest people have in these right. stories is is to just say fuck the other side. That's the only right. utility of this of this story. There's no other purpose. Right. And you can hear Donald Trump loading up this narrative for. 2024, the more likely it becomes that this leaked from a, a Chinese lab, the more he'll be able to sit back and say, if they just listened to Trump, right? right. And it's completely bullshit, right? right? It's a complete fucking lie, right. but it doesn't matter, right. right? Because the institution will have failed. And as usual with Donald Trump, it doesn't matter that Trump became the institution and failed repeatedly over and over again yeah, in like important ways so for simple, four years. If it was so simple, then why didn't he stop it? It doesn't matter because he never has to accept responsibility for the institutional failure. Nobody really does. But he can get up there and take a big dump on the institution for having made the failure. Right. And that is his specialty, and, and that's what he will do. And that's why I think it's always just wise never make any sort of statements that you can't support. Like, if somebody says whatever, like some outlandish claim, just say there's no evidence to support that. You don't have to say it's wrong and it's Alex Jones nonsense and you can stop thinking and let's, it's like... You don't know that. Why are you taking this position that you can't defend? Right. It just doesn't make any sense. What other good stories? Some fucking asshole sold a sculpture that's uh, immaterial for 15,000 euros. Come again? Don't do this again. I'm just, yeah, whatever. That's This is modern art. Oh, this is that we, NFT we about NFTs and all of that garbage. No, this is an actual... I can't exactly call it an actual work of art. It's just an empty space hey, inside art. of a cube, which is nothing, which sold for 15,000 euros. So uh, next time we're bitching about NFTs going for $750,000 for some YouTube video from 15 years ago, we can talk about people selling immaterial sculptures for 40 grand. What else is going on out there, nothing. Abe? I got a game to play, but surely there's like one more news story no, we want to no, talk about. No, 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 about. no, 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 no. That's never the right choice. Just get into the thing that good. That's All right. This is an advertisement that has run in Georgia. <laughs> Abe, you sent this to me, so you've seen this before. Let me find my button here. Coca-Cola is getting political, attacking Georgia's popular voting law. Why? To distract from years of dismal sales, terrible 2020 results, reports suspecting they benefited from forced labor in China. Coca-Cola products are poisoning America's youth and worsening the obesity epidemic. So the company tried funding phony science to minimize the harms, but they got busted. James Quincy, Coca-Cola. Stop poisoning our children. Serve your customers, not woke politicians. So sometimes when I watch a commercial <laughs> and it's very vague, yeah. I'm like, what is it? Like, usually it'll be for like GE or some, you know, energy company. Right. Like, what is it you want from me, right. the consumer right. watching the football game? Right. I feel the same about this. Like, do they want me to not buy Coca-Cola? That was my question. I did not understand the point. I mean, this goes back to the larger 
point I'm making in this episode is, and I'll continue to make it until you guys get annoyed by this, is that people don't seem to, especially in the political arena, people don't care about the substance of what they're saying. They're just using it as weapons. Like, oh, you're no better. Like, at the end, it ends with serve your customers, right? But the whole commercial is about it's how it's completely terrible. fucking incoherent. Right. Completely incoherent, right? They're it's just like bad for you. We're poisoning the kids, so continue doing that and fuck all this right. other stuff, you know. These assholes at Coca-Cola are selling you poison death sugar water, making your kids fat and killing us all. Get back to doing that more effectively, Coca-Cola, and stop with the woke democracy nonsense. <laughs> it's so bizarre. That's the message of the ad. Right. Coca-Cola is killing you. Yeah. And also they're mean about a law that we like. <laughs> and also you should stop buying Coke until they stop being mean, and then they can get back to killing you effectively. And those two points are like a second and a half. Like at the top, they talk about the voting thing. At the end, they talk about woke and whatever. But like 27 seconds out of that 30-second spot, it's just slave labor. Yeah, science was wrong. Yeah, and- poison. It's like, so don't. <sighs> Like, I'm confused. Like, and I guess it didn't go far enough to say in Georgia. Like, to is use that Pepsi. a secret Pepsi ad? Is that like a. Right, that's like it, a secret. It <laughs> would be so great if at the end they had like a. Where they disclosed can, candidate ads. Like, <laughs> I'm the CEO of Pepsi and I approve this message. But who is the target on it? Besides the nonsense, like, what do you want me to take from this message? Like, who is the target on it? like. People, rich people who buy Coca-Cola. But gonna, there is no, no target audience. People they're not going to stop drinking. They're not going to stop drinking Coke. Nothing's going to happen to Coke. Right. Donald Trump will continue to drink Diet Coke, even as he says, on from the desk of Donald J. Trump, that you should stop drinking Diet Coke. He's got one in his hand. Even this attack ad didn't go that far. They said continue serving Coke. Just stop it with the other right. stuff. Right. So like, no <laughs> one is telling them. So it's like somebody took out money. And I don't know if it's running beyond Georgia because I, I read somewhere where they're basically – it's not just Coca-Cola. They're, they're going after like Delta or basically any company that – Right. No, none of it matters. None. That's the thing. None of it matters except that you can yell about the culture wars, right? right? So you don't have to actually do anything. You don't have to actually change anything. It's the lowest fucking stakes imagine, imaginable except that you get to stand there and scream about how you're a victim of, of the current moment. Right. It's very bizarre. Anyway, all right, let's play a game. Let's play whack shit or wacky shit. Lori's favorite game. That's <laughs> fine. Abe. Yep. We could have a larger discussion about what it means to be a man in the culture these days. Because I think that, that there is an interesting conversation to be had there, possibly, about uh, masculinity and how it's presented by the uh, warring factions of the culture war. I don't know how that conversation would go, really, because I don't give a shit. Because I don't even really think of myself as a man in any of those terms. Bob will not be defined. When I scoffed at uh, the John Stoltenberg feminist tome, Refusing to Be a Man, way back in, like, 2004, little did I know that here in 2021 I would be sitting behind a microphone refusing to be a man myself. Perhaps we'll have uh, a long conversation in some future episode, but I never understood the whole being a man thing. I thought you just are a man, just like trying to be a black person. It's just your black. Like, it you, sounds you have to, like we have we really need to devote a whole episode you, to it. You don't have yeah. to do anything. You I just, have a lot to say. <laughs> in any event, 
the good news is the fine people who make grooming products for our consumption, and by our consumption, I mean Abe, yours and mine, like certainly not Lori's. The razor? You know. Yeah. Whatever you need. Yeah, uh, like the razor. Uh, uh, Unilever or Procter & Gamble has something for you. Anyway, I've noticed a. Uh, this is not a new trend, but certainly with the rise of like the Brooklynite well-coiffed man as opposed to the like lumberjack southern duck dynasty kind of man that these are sort of competing visions of masculinity but the the grooming industry is here to serve all of them equally certainly because they all have dollars in their pockets and none of us want to be buying that uh fruity floofy pink and white bullshit that they sell the women obviously so what I have here are four different products of dubious truth value in terms of whether or not they actually exist out there in the world. <laughs> okay. And you have to determine if the following pitches are whack shit, as in stuff that's actually out there in the world to be bought, or wacky shit, just some nonsense that I made up this afternoon. Okay. Or in fact at like 8.28 this evening. Uh, you decide... So, number one, from Manscaped, it's Crop Reviver, your new favorite ball toner and refresher. (laughs) This ball spray toner is just what the doctor ordered for your buds below. Please stop reading that way. I cannot. (laughs) It's soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts keep your high friction areas cool, calm, and protected after a good shave. Scented with the signature Manscaped scent, a clean and fresh scent designed for the refined gentleman. Opening with a light citrus burst, it dances around with a gentle touch of sandback jasmine before settling into the anchoring notes of vetiver and light woods. Crop Reviver. Formulated to perform. For a discount, order with Crop Gel, our unique clear shaving gel made for just the groin, so you can see what you're shaving. Also scented with the signature Manscaped scent. (laughs) Okay, so I have some questions. And maybe this is revealing more about me than I care to, but people shave their balls? Oh, yeah, same. Oh, my God. What is this? People. People. I like that. See? People. Very inclusive. People shave their very balls. Very inclusive language. <laughs> I'm Are you go- telling me that balls having persons? <laughs> That's right. Deign to remove nature's bounty from their own testicles? People of the balls. I'm going to say that is the false one. Just out of principle. No, that's real. It is wacky shit. No, that's super real. That's real. That's real because Bob never would have been able to make up those ingredients. Yeah, what the fuck is Samback Jasmine? That sounds made up, <laughs> but it's not because I'm not that creative. Oh, boy. Uh, no, that's that's Crop Reviver from Manscaped, <laughs> and it's your new favorite ball toner. <laughs> Whatever the fuck that means. All right, number two. The more you know. Wow. The different game to play here is whether it's marketed to gay or straight men. As far as I can tell, they were all marketed. All of these are directly at straight men. Is that? Do you think that because it's marketed to you? Even the because ones that you made up. Real rich. Who said these might all be real? They might all. Like, they can't all be fake now. But here we are. All right. For, here's number two. From Duke Cannon, it's thick. A high viscosity body wash. Fact. Teenage body washes are weak, watered down, and smell like Friday night at Fraternity Row. Simply put, they don't get the job done. 
Hardworking men require a shower of substance to accomplish a full day's work. Duke Cannon's Thick is formulated with a noticeably higher viscosity and built to work effectively on your body, not spew down the shower drain. This one's called Productivity, an invigorating scent that blends notes of fresh eucalyptus, peppermint, and woodsy pine. Smells like Productivity. Also available in Old Glory, a rich, sophisticated blend with notes of tobacco, cedarwood, and amber. Smells like Old Glory. <laughs> I was for sure it's going to be bullshit until the Old Glory part, which I've seen Old Glory before. I'm going to still stick with it. It's bullshit. It's not true. No, no that's, that's from, I got that for Bob for Christmas. That's real. Yeah. That's... <laughs> You must have done some research because he owns the Old Glory kind. Yeah, that's we the have kind that I Old got. Glory in the shower So right he must now. have gone in. So that's why he's getting so much of these targeted ads. Okay. High viscosity body that wash. Is a, it that's is, what no. you need. It, it, it's thicker <laughs> than like other body Why wash? do they want to evoke Yeah. It seems like cum a, they're playing up When they're talking jizz. about yeah. body wash. Yeah. Because they're clearly trying to evoke expelled seminal fluid. When they're Isn't talking that what about men this. like? Don't men like that? I don't that? want to rub it all over my body. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> the, the, the next brand should be like a seven roper or something. If they're going to go that far into <laughs> this nonsense, that's why I'm assuming I, I'm going to, I trust you, Bob, but I'm going to look these up because th they are so on the nose that it's hard to believe that they're. Hey, I can go get it. You want to see it? I have it. <laughs> all right, number three here. Number three is from Rugged Rocket. It's Thatch Hatchet, our German-engineered and American-made line of all-American steel crotch care grooming devices. These aircraft-grade steel and aluminum unibody razors are as polished and glistening as you will be after she sees that you've taken the time to consider her comfort. Thatch Hatchet from Rugged Rocket. Have some self-respect and keep the field playable. So... <laughs> Did I hear crotch grooming at some point in that read? Uh, let me go back to the copy here. Abe, I don't know what you think balls are, yeah. but like you've learned today. American-made line of all American steel crotch care grooming devices. <laughs> I have never seen any of these ads in my life. I don't know what they're targeting me, but it's not this. I'm going to stick with my false. Yeah, I made that one up. Thank that you. one. That one was all me. <laughs> but it's Although, not that far apart. I, I'm going to go to the fine people at Unilever with this idea because Thatch Hatchet is uh, is a really great branding opportunity as far as I'm concerned. Vag Hatchet? No, Thatch Hatchet. No, it sounded like you said Vag Hatchet, which no, would not no. be marketed to traditional men. No, that would have to be oh, a trans. 17 plus also, marketing department. Wasn't that like the Axe body spray era where they, they played it up that kind of obnoxious yes. thing? They're, they're bringing all that back. Everything's circling back. It's all back. Except it's now for the fucking idiots who bought all of the Axe body spray. Well, now younger. you're grown up yeah. and you, you're done with that. And you need to move on to put down childish things and <laughs> move on to the uh, aircraft grade steel and aluminum unibody razor. Anyway, number four here. From, <laughs> from Dr. Squatch. You're not a dish. You're a man. It's pine tar, the bar of soap that's rugged, woodsy, and strong, just like a Squatch man should be. 
a heavy grit soap made from pine tar, oatmeal, sand, activated charcoal, sea salt, and more. Just lather it up, scrub yourself, rinse and repeat so you can smell like old growth forest. Also check out Dr. Squatch's fluoride-free men's toothpaste in morning flavored invigorating citrus mint and soothing spearmint for nighttime. Just $24 for two tubes. <laughs> Again, never heard of this. I'm, You've never heard of that one? No, it's false. I remember, I've, that's been advertised on like television. Fucking Lori giving away the game here. This one's real too. Abe guessed, I'm <laughs> revealing that I know the answer. Did Abe guess? No, I already did, yeah. Guess. It's not true. You should pay no, attention true. when your friends speak. It's true. So you got uh, only one right there. And I think I got them all right. It's a uh, society that's wrong. I don't understand why any of this stuff exists. <laughs> this is outrageous. Abe, the burrito, God, I should have. The burritos. So we buy frozen burritos because right. I can eat them really quickly for lunch when I don't have time to eat. Right. Just while a client's getting shampooed. But then Bob found these ones. I found some man burritos. There are some man burritos. <laughs> like bigger than That are very obviously marketed. It's like, no, this isn't like the little girl burrito right. that you're used to. This is this is a real man burrito. I don't know if you can handle it, but like, good luck. Are you finding it? I don't have any yeah. I don't have any good manly ad copy. But here, yeah, that's but it. Make it bigger. That's as big as it gets. Tina's that's burrito? Not true. It's Tina. So Tina's makes Tina's making a, it, but don't don't get it twisted. Okay. A girly burrito. Oh. But she also makes now a half-pound loaded five-layer burrito. Which, like, I don't, I don't eat all day. It's perfect. But the chicken one's not good. The steak ones are good. The chicken ones are not good. How you know it's for men is that the marketing material is always in like red and black. Red for and some black reason. and very blocky. You can't make it bigger. You go to images. That's as big as it got. I don't know what to tell you. Anyway, it's the same as like with like Coke Zero. So like Diet Coke is in silver and sort of wispy red and obviously feminine. It's always been advertised to women. The Diet Coke ads from back in the 90s were at like construction sites where the buff dude right. takes off his tank top at the construction site and has himself a Diet Coke. And all the women in the offices are looking out the windows, right. tittering and, and getting all horned up for him. Uh, that was a Diet Coke ad. And now the the Coca-Cola Zero ads and branding is all obviously geared towards men. Huh. And the same goes, remember a few years ago, Diet Dr. Pepper came yeah. out, like explicitly came out with that 10 calorie option that was like, this one's for men. You leave the other shit to the girls. <laughs> and they've dropped a lot of that branding. But I So I think my theory with that is... That was secretly to get women to buy it. Okay. Because it would advertise that. There's the burritos. Um, it would advertise that during like women's shows. Okay, but they'll present it as so, if it's like, for guys. It was like, oh, it's not only fuck them. Like I'm gonna buy that. Yeah. Damn, a half a. I don't get it. I mean, I. Like this burritos branding is that that you would find on like a power tool. This looks like it, yeah. the teen, the way the Tina's is in the square in the corner. It looks like a Home Depot ad. Don't tell me where really this good. is available because this looks like something that I would eat for like the next six months worth of lunches. So. <laughs> You're They're come, available you, when all you, over. When you come visit at the end of the summer, <laughs> it's like, what's I'm going to give you one. and you, <laughs> you won't eat anything else for 18 months straight. They're good. <laughs> 
Abel be sitting there munching on his burrito, <laughs> thinking about his newly shorn balls. <laughs> it's like a new I'm man. A whole new man. <laughs> my 40s will be a lot different, Bob. I'm going to start doing things, like shaving my balls. You've been listening to Cast Iron Brains, a podcast with Bob and Abe. You can find the show on Facebook or Twitter. Just head over to castironbrains.com or brainiron.com for a show note. Opening and closing themes of the show were composed by Mark Gillig. What else we got going on? We watched some we shit. We watched so much. We watched so much TV over the long weekend. Oh, yeah? Anything good? Obviously didn't prepare for the show. <laughs> Instead, we were watching lots of television. We watched The Mayor of Easttown. Oh, yeah, I'm behind Not on that. Not The. We watched Mayor of Easttown. Yeah. How much so of that good. have you watched? I watched uh, The Guy Kills the Guy, uh, or He Shoots Them. Sh- you're, sh- or... Wait. You know, like the second episode or third episode. Okay. Yeah. So early. On. So you're like halfway through. Yeah. There's only so it's, good. it's a seven seven episode series. Wait. It's the fine. whole thing is seven. Is it like a pandemic? The whole kind of thing, thing is seven. Yes. The whole thing is seven. Why not eight? They didn't need eight. They probably had it's eight on seven. the books, but then like the pandemic probably seven episodes. Uh, they didn't need seven. This could so this could have gone either direction. It could have been like a five episode series, or it could have been stretched to ten. I but was, it was fine. It, it was fine. Seven it was good. This is like that. There's yeah. something about Mary, like seven minute abs thing. But like, it's a, it's a limited series. They can do whatever they want. I guess want. that's true. They're hour long episodes. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's a full hour. They don't cheat you, and there's no 52 minute bullshit throughout. But it's good. It was a good, good series. The acting was spectacular. The story, ultimately, leaves something to be desired. Um, which almost goes without saying with this sort of thing. But but all of the performances were great. The guy who plays the young detective, uh, and I won't spoil Bob anything. Bob is in love with him. Anything about what happens Bob to the young detective. Bob thinks he's the greatest thing. He was spectacular. Oh, you like him? He, the, the character's name is Zabel, okay. Detective Zabel. He does the best drunk guy in a bar scene <laughs> that I can remember having seen. It's true. It's completely believable down to like, he gets the Chris the Howard slow eyes, eyes. Like he does the slow eyes thing, which is so episode, hard to yeah. pull off yeah. unless you're actually wasted. Yeah. So maybe he was, I don't know. Maybe he wasn't I'm acting at all, sure but he he's, he's, he's very good. Yeah. The Zabel guy is good. And of, of course, Kate Winslet is, is wonderful. Kate Winslet looks like, uh, she's starting to look like Meryl Streep. Okay. Their faces are starting to look the same. Maybe it's like, uh, what was it, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is starting to look like Jack Nicholas. You know, he's getting older. Yeah. Like, there's only so many ways a person can look. <laughs> right. But Kate Winslet's way better than Meryl Streep. And I'm not sorry I said that. I think Meryl Streep's not a very good actress. Wow, that's a hot take. I, I'm um, partial She's to Kate Winslet. She's playing Meryl Streep in everything. She's never yeah. anything special. Well, so I'm, what? Tom Hanks is always playing Tom Hanks. And he's fucking great, too. They're yeah, but he great. doesn't win awards for acting all the yeah, time. That is true. There are I mean, a lot did. of people that do that. Like, Denzel does the one. same thing. Tom Hanks does the same no. thing. But yeah, Meryl Streep does Tom the same Hanks, thing. First of all, we need to correct the record here before things get out of control. Tom Hanks has won two Academy Awards, and he should have won a third in 1999. But Roberto Benigni stole it oh, from him. Oh, that my life with, is beautiful uh, guy? Life is beautiful. Yes, but when he's getting awards for acting... He's not just doing Tom Hanks. He's doing And acting. in my opinion, he should have won a fourth for Castaway, which is one of the most thoroughly watchable three hours of, of movie making ever made. And he carries the whole fucking thing basically by himself. So he should have won. He won for Philadelphia. And Forrest he won Gump. a couple of years later for Forrest Gump. He got it. 
He got kicked to the curb by Roberto Benigni when he should have won for Saving Private Ryan. And then I don't even know if he was nominated for Castaway, but he, he should have won it. He, oh, no, he's not. Yeah. No, he is. I'm not reading very closely. I mean, closely. you can't win every Big time Philadelphia, you get Forrest Gump, Saving Private Ryan, Castaway, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. I don't know who won Who won the year that Castaway won or that, um, that he didn't win for Castaway. Was that 2000? 2001. Um, best actor, Russell Crowe. Oh, Gladiator? gross. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, for Gladiator. <laughs> See? One of the worst movies. Trash. What a great movie that was. <laughs> Tom Hanks should have four. This is not acceptable. We also watched that zombie movie. No, wait. Abe had something to say. So, oh. you know, um, the we were just making fun of uh, the ridiculous uh, ads that are targeted to men or whatever. And that didn't obviously didn't seem to work for me because I'm not cleaning my Maybe balls Maybe you up. were making but, fun, Abe. I've got, like, I've got Amazon shipments, like boxes of this shit coming over the course of the <laughs> next uh, week or so. Literally, one of those things is currently in our house. <laughs> but so. I will say, whatever Target ad they do for movies do work for me on them. Because Gladiator, I'm pretty sure it's a very Target demo, like, dude from like 14 years old to like you know 26 and i was in that age range and i was uh very happy to watch it you know i i do not like that movie and it's i not a good movie is the problem we still to this day quote it like among the uh the people there's a lot of of you know, course you quote it you quote bad movies all true. the time that is also true it's not but my were y'all done with them? Old school is not actually a good movie. It doesn't stop people from quoting it back and forth <laughs> until the heat death of the universe. That is true. Were um, y'all done with the the things you've watched recently? Because oh uh, no, we also no. watched the Zack Snyder. We watched the Zack Snyder zombie movie. Oh my god! Did uh, you guys Army like of that? the Dead. Okay, mm-hmm. that was fine. That's okay. So the movie was whatever. You know, those kind of movies come and go, but. The whole time, the first 30 minutes I'm watching the movie, I'm like, why does this look so, like, weird? Like, out of focus at angles? Like, the whole time he was doing a thing. And, like, right. around the edges, it was always, like, slightly out of focus. It was very distracting. I could not pay attention to the story because it just looked very weird. I didn't weird. notice at all. So I actually enjoyed the look of it a lot. Yeah. Uh, I like when they take chances with the look of a thing. And I thought that the... The camera work was good. I heard that people were like thinking their TVs were broken or something. There are a couple of broken pic- what looked like broken pixels. I didn't see pixels. any of that. I didn't catch it either, but it's it's hard to catch apparently. Who was watching their TV so close? Like, I didn't look away from the TV for right. the entire movie. It's basically like there's something weird. You know, like uh, when the 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 sports leagues over the last couple of years started doing that weird camera thing, which looks good, yeah. but like it looks like what what are you doing? Like you're doing something new. Right. Uh, it was kind of like that, but in this case, I did, I did not like that. I don't like whatever I they liked, were doing. I liked that it was more of an action movie than a horror movie. Like it felt like a heist movie. Right. They could have not like simplify the scary story. Movie. Yeah, because they're doing. And I yeah, thought that was, that was so good. I think it needed another pass from the screenwriting screenwriting team. And of, well, course, of course, when when Zack Snyder is writing the story and then writing the script and then directing the movie and then shooting the movie himself, like where he and he's the executive producer. Right. So this is a, this is Zack Snyder and and he was a DP, only right? people he was a cinematographer, in Zack right? Snyder's. Yeah. yeah. Right, he did his own cinematography. So he's making all of the decisions, and he's surrounded by people who tell him that his decisions are good, I think, for the most part, which is fine. Like, that's how great directors should be allowed to work, as far as I'm concerned. But 
the script could have used a a once over. Bob and, is pointing uh, to himself when he says the script I'm could just, have used a once over. <laughs> what he is implying is I'm not by literally pointing. I don't literally mean my. I, he by should me. have had me look at it. It could have used some focusing in terms of what he was actually trying to say. Because I think that there are interesting things that are being said there and failing to narrow the audience's attention on those things leads to a less than focused film. And that's what this was in more ways than one, obviously, is what Abe is saying Very here. bloated, too. What, like two and a half? What was the runtime? It's some like of two the and a half hours. Yeah. I'm, fine with, I'm fine with a long movie, if it has to be like it's a, an action movie. It, ha- it has to be like some historic story. Like you can do most movies in two hours. I'm not saying they're, they're like you know 90 minutes for the shitty ones, but like two and a half is. Ugh. I didn't feel like it was too. It it kept moving. Okay. The movies that are too long are the ones that first of all don't keep moving, but also there are lots of very long movies where you think it's gonna end, right. like it's wrapping up. But then they do something else. Yeah, sure. This I mean, one didn't do that. The story kept going. And Dave Bautista is not a great actor. And He's he, fine. He couldn't exactly carry the emotional weight that they tried to freight him with in this one. Better than The Rock. It's an action yeah. movie. He's not that much better. What about you? You watch anything? I also watched a lot, but it was mostly movies. Finally, I'm starting to see movies that are better, uh, which is what I was hoping for because the first few months of the... AMC moving going experience has been terrible and I was thinking oh man I'm in that zone where I start to hate everything so thankfully right. that, been, that moment has passed been, been talking to Bob way That's too right. much lately <laughs> everything sucks so like I don't want to be in a position to where I think everything just sucks so I went to go see uh, A Quiet Place 2 which was pretty decent yeah, you, uh, you and, and everybody you else you and everybody else yeah, huh? yeah, big, big movie this weekend gangbuster yeah and, and I also watched uh, At Home The Sound of Metal which was actually very good it was some drummer <gasps> thing I want to see that and he lost with Riz Ahmed his hearing but the movie that I did go see that I want to bring up uh, is uh, Cruella right so I'm, I'm not familiar this wasn't as good as the other two movies that I mentioned but it was fine right but it's I'm not familiar with the story of this person, right? But apparently there are some dogs. Uh, this is right? amazing. You've never seen, so you so never, you've never seen 101 yeah, Dalmatians. I'd never seen, but so. <laughs> wow. So when I was watching it, I was like, what little I do remember, I thought it was the other way around. So basically, I think it did some sort of uh, uh, whitewashing, sort of, where they made the dogs like as the the evil doers like they yeah that's what the movie's doing that's what uh, maleficent did okay. it's making you try to be it's basically telling her side right but i was like i've never seen like dogs be painted because isn't i don't know wasn't the original story that she killed the dogs no 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 you need to get on disney plus okay. and watch 101 Dalmatians. No, he doesn't need to do that he needs to give us a quick Capsule summary of the events of 101 Dalmatians yeah, right now. now. Right now, do it. In the pursuit of fashion, uh, they killed 101 of these dogs to make the clothing, right? Isn't that... In the Disney children's animated movie, 101 they Dalmatians are slaughtered. Over music and other stuff, you know, so, you know. They- happens, the violence and the slaughter happens off screen, Yeah, wasn't there obviously. some sort of animal that, that died early on, or the mother died, That the, the, the little animal... That was running around. Bambi? Yes. See, that's a Disney movie. Bad things happen in Disney. Yeah. That's not... Yes. It's, yeah, no, the parents, the parents always have to die or the children have to be orphaned in some unfortunate way or another. 
By the way, is that not why? But that's why? an entirely different movie. It's so I'm not in the right ballpark. No, in 100. So the the original Cruella Deville origin story is that Cruella's sort of lame blonde friend, her husband writes a hit pop song about how bad Cruella Deville is, and that drives her insane. That's wait. What are you talking about? In 101 Dalmatians. No. <laughs> that is effectively no, her origin story. No, 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 story. no, no, no. That's and then not... she wants to kidnap their many Dalmatians no. in order to make a lovely Dalmatian coat See, because the the, the puppy fur far off. So yeah, the, the kill puppy the fur is, is lying softer. To you. Okay, Bob is there is a song. It does not be. He's. I can't even. <laughs> it's misleading, but not. D- Disney's just. You just have to stop. <laughs> It is bo- no Disney has to stop making no, these Disney's fucking fine. origin stories about is, evil characters. Is what, are, a, what are you doing? Nobody. This doesn't need to be made. This is completely unnecessary. Yeah, it's totally unnecessary. Um, is the one hundred and one thing live action or like a cartoon? Like, is it? It's there, a cartoon. There's first a cartoon. They made a live action one later. Okay. They made. It, uh, is one better than the Glenn other? Glenn Close. Glenn Close plays. Watch Cruella the animated one. Okay. Yeah, watch the animated one. It's good. And you'll see what I mean about the origin story. It's actually story. one of the most poorly animated movies that there oh, is. Oh, wow. Can't wait. Yeah. Hot was... takes from Laurie on <laughs> No, that. it's not a hot take. It's like well, widely accepted as one of the worst animated. Like, not like the movie is bad, yeah. but the animation is bad. I remember it fondly. Is this like 90s? Not... Like in the... 60s. No, it's, it's early days of oh, Disney. Oh, you got to cut them yeah. some slack. I mean, that was a long time ago. Yeah. No, it was during their like not being good at animated okay. movies. But yeah, some good movies and then some revisionist Oops. history nonsense with Cruella. Abe, you, uh, you got anything else for us tonight? Nope. I guess that's all we've got for tonight then, and we will talk to you next time. Later. Nothing to talk about, really. There isn't. We could talk about, like, how annoying people are and how everything's culture wars and probably also something about the Supreme Court. (laughs) Are you making fun of me? No, I'm saying that this is boring sometimes. I need to write this. I meant to write this as a blog post, and I never got it done. But the fucking story of the decade that is this AMC run, the stock run that's happening. Oh, how's it going? That nobody... It, again, today, it was up 20%. Let me check you know, the exact AMC is the only one that makes sense. They're actually a company. People are going to it, you know? Holy shit. Look at that. I was at three... <laughs> I never look at this stupid Robin Hood thing. So, but something positive must have happened. It's gone up like $100. Oh, it's up It's up six more dollars after hours today. Yeah, so it's up to $38 right now. <laughs> Which, on the fundamentals, makes no sense whatsoever, right? This is a near a nearly bankrupt No, it's not. I'm giving company. it money all the time. I got some popcorn the other day to watch one movie. and got a drink to watch the other thing. This is the financial story of the century, besides the 2008 thing. And nobody knows how to talk about it. Like the idea that it's just a bunch of people from Reddit who are buying this stock. So it traded another half a million shares today. 
like half a million times 38 is how much money changing hands? 500 million times, let's say, an average of 35 is $17.5 billion. Right. That is changing hands. So this is like me and a bunch of my Reddit pals who are trading $18 billion back and forth but it's not entirely, to drive the price up. But, you know, the other uh, stocks, you could say that was exclusively a Reddit pump and dump. But this is probably a mixture, isn't it? AMC is a mixture of that and... Guarantee you there's some sort of high-frequency algorithm trading going on that is that is helping to cause this. Because you can't... There aren't enough actual shares of the stock to be traded back and forth. Like, they're trading in excess of the entire AMC float every single day. No, she wasn't crowned, like, Grand Wizardess of right, so the KKK or anything like that. It seems to be uh, a lot of, of nothing. Like, you wanted some... Thing and yeah, sure. I'll let the black guy say that. That's fine. <laughs> From Rugged Rocket, it's Thatch Hatchet. 